Not Quite Cool is a podcast that contains spoilers, opinions, and general nonsense. Listener discretion is advised. We were just talking about the monitor or the smallest TV in the world behind you, Chad. Yeah, so you, you'll notice, Keith, that there's a different curtain in the background. There is, yeah. And so my wife does not listen to the podcast. However, it got back to her about you shitting on this office. So she completely has redone it. Yeah. Uh, the pops are gone from over there. They're on another bookshelf. Um, the curtain's different. Yeah. The, the chair's gone that you were talking about. So uh, I'm thinking next week, the next time we record, I'm probably going to do it on our deck. <laughs> yeah. I want like a new deck. And yeah, you can just absolutely. shit on that. And then you know, maybe she'll do something about well, it. Or I could just literally shit on your deck and you'd have to get a new one. But I think <laughs> your office has a more modern vibe to it and feel. I like it a lot. It feels nice. Yes. It, that is a TV back there. It's a uh, tiny TV. It's a very tiny TV. I think you need at least an 84 inch or something there helping you out um <laughs> anyway but welcome back to not quite cool my name is keith brooks and i'm here with chad dowdy chad how you doing doing good happy texas chainsaw massacre day amen and little wow. shop it's also little shop of horrors day um and we are here with a uh trash panda in a human costume uh that is robert prago how you doing rob I'm satiated. I'm full. I'm, I just ate. It's good. I'm hungry. I got energy. Oh, yeah, that's good. He's going to be napping in five seconds. But we're just going to go ahead and dive in to this. Uh, if, if you're new to the show, I'm so sorry that you've stumbled to these dark depths of the internet. If you're listening to us uh, on some podcast medium, yay! If you're watching on YouTube, there will be time codes beneath so you can find out what particular you want to listen to. But we're going to dive in to talk about some of the movies that we saw and some of the television shows. But we're going to kick off, as always, with the marvelous content that our Lord Kevin Feige he's providing oh food. yes um and so we'll go and dive into she hulk they released the first episode of jennifer walters story and wow it came in pretty strong no pun intended chad how did you feel about the first episode of she hulk I, you know i felt it showed promise i want more than just one episode like i'm not a fan of the binge drop method for yeah. sure I, I really like the once a week thing but when the show's just 30 minutes like this uh, and really it's a lot of its origin, which is not going to be like the show typically. You mm -hmm. know, I kind of want to see if the second episode was more about the law stuff and how that was she was going to interact with her friends and all that. I just feel like, you know, Disney does this where you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I think they might have dropped more than one episode or they'll drop multiple episodes at the beginning and then go to the once a week method. Yeah. And I think this would have benefited to me if they would have dropped more than one because again I, I felt like i blinked and i missed it you know it, it was it was quick i enjoyed it don't get me wrong um i think that the thing about this show is it has the potential uh to be really good but it also has the potential to be really cringy i, I just i'm going to be curious to see how it goes uh which is why i really wanted to see that second episode i'm really reserving judgment I like her a lot, you know, the lead, yeah, a big fan. 
as we talked about before, I, lo- I love the fourth wall breaking stuff. Yeah. Uh, this was, I mean, granted, she was talking right to us, but I want some more fun fourth wall breaking stuff. You know, that, you know, I want to see some of that with some craziness. Um, but I, like I said, I just think we need that second episode to really get a feel for it. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the humor, you know, as far as that goes. I didn't think that, uh, with only a couple of exceptions, that her, the CGI on her face looked that bad. Like it, it was better than the trailers that we had seen. I felt like they, but still, there were some kind of parts where I was like, eh. And I know there's a, a a thing right now on the internet with or them talking about the special effects artists and things like that. So yeah. I'm not shitting on the special effects artists or anything like that. I'm just saying I, I do think it was better than the the trailer when it was first released. You heard it here first, folks. Chad uh, Dowdy hates all VFX artists and thinks they're shit. Um, if they're not in front of the camera, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rob, what did you think of the first episode of She-Hulk? I just thank God I wasn't born or blessed with a critical eye. Um, the effects never took me out of it. I actually, at one point, I realized, oh, shit, the effects haven't taken me out of it. And I started watching it maybe a little more critically. And I thought, well, it really held up to me. To me, the conversations they had sitting across from each other as Hulk to Hulk, I, I, it didn't bother me whatsoever. I thought it actually looked nicely organic at times, at least comparable to the movies. I could be wrong. Um, I just thought it was a shitload of fun. I thought I was going to be... I thought it was going to be a little, uh, you know, taken out of it by the lack of life or death, world-ending stakes. And then I realized, you know what? Most of the shows I've watched over the years and enjoyed, <laughs> Cheers, like just don't have life. It's just good dialogue, great characters, interacting, you know, almost more relatable. The fact that they are just dealing with their daily ins and outs. And I, I yeah. really love that kind of, that level right now. She's a phenomenal actor. That, yeah. She's a phenomenal actor. Um, you know, I haven't seen Orphan Black. It makes me want to go watch Orphan Black. Uh, I've seen her in a few things, the Perry Mason revival on HBO. Excellent. Everything that comes out of her mouth felt improvisational. It felt, everything felt like a throwaway. I just, she kept me the whole time. It was just, it was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't find this one cringeworthy. I could see where, yes, it's a slick, it's a fine line. That's why, yeah, it's, is a real fine line between really good writing uh, and really uh, cringeworthy writing. Um, they're, they're walking a razor's edge. I wasn't, I didn't get, I didn't cringe at, at really anything I saw in this one. Um, it's one of the top three post-credit scenes, I thought. I laughed. I, I, I thought it was awesome. It's awesome. Um, what else did I, I just, um, just enjoyed the shit out of it. I, right off the bat, they really explained a lot of things. They, they covered a lot of ground in just the first few minutes. We can come back to that. I, I enjoyed the show. I did. I actually thought they dropped more than one. So I watched the first one. I was like, oh, good. And I'm like going through, I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with my Disney Plus? I couldn't believe that they did. And I realized I kind of got that, Andor is dropping three episodes the first day. Yeah. They're dropping three right off the bat. So I thought that was kind of interesting that they let this one play out nine weeks in a row and crammed Andor up. I don't know what that says about either one. I thought they would drop a few of these to give a full, nice 60-minute, 90-minute, you know, launch, and then let Andor play out hour to hour, hour to hour. But I'm interested to see if there's a clear explanation on that. But uh, we'll, we'll dive a little deeper in this. Keith, what do you think? 
Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I, like you, I've never watched Orphan Black, so this is sort of my, and I don't know what else I might have seen her in, but Tatiana Maslany, I think, does a phenomenal job. She's charming. She's charismatic. She's funny. She's able to walk that fourth wall break. So many of the comic references you give me that savage look. Like, that yes. alone is a great little uh, nod. I also love the fact that it sort of took all of the things that nerds are going to be really obsessed with. How does Hulk's arm get fixed? Why is the ship yeah. there? And it was just like, well, fuck that. We'll, we'll figure that out later. And that's great. Like, that's awesome. I love that it is. So we're just seeing these characters mingle in their personality. And that's also one of the things that's always so appealing about the comic books. I want to see how Captain America and Deadpool feed off of each other. And I want to see how She-Hulk and Hulk differ and what that correspondence is going to be and yet simultaneously we had a giant action piece in this not only the car accident but we had two hulks beating the shit out of each other in mexico and that was great i was totally about it i love the sentimental touch of uh of um the tony stark thread about the them hanging out and being science bros that was great I'm just really excited to see what else happens with this because there's so much stuff they can do within this format. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. And uh, I did, I, your boy Coulter showed up in this episode. So that's good. Steve Coulter. Um, I think he's going to be, like I said, I think he's going to be in most of these episodes. As an Atlanta native. He's a fantastic actor, a wonderful performer all around. He's going to be, it seems like, the head of the department that she's going to get swept up into. We also got our first look at She-Hulk's arch nemesis, Titania, right? Um, and that's awesome. Uh, we don't know why she busted into that court uh, room at that moment, but still, hopefully some of these things will be explained. Uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about it. Chad? I was going to say, you know, a couple of things that I, that I really like, you know, going back to the post-credit sequence and her acting, her acting drunk was so awesome and so yeah. real. Yeah. And then to even twist that on his head to act like I, I'm just messing, you know what I mean? Just trying to get it yeah. out of you what I wanted. It, I love that. I thought that was awesome. But, but something I'd never thought of that um, it's very possible they've talked about in the comics because there's a ton of comics, but when he is, trying to preach to her about keeping your rage down yeah. because you're going to, that's how you turn into the Hulk. That's how it's going to happen. You, you can't control that. And she's like the stuff that I go through every day in my entire life, yeah. you know, being a woman in this world is I've had practice all, all the time. Yeah. So that's why she can immediately control it. And I just, I thought that was so clever, you know, and smart writing. And again, I don't know, if you know so this that's been addressed in the comics before and they're taking that aspect from the comics but yeah i thought that was really good absolutely i i was just right before we got on this uh zoom call which was like an hour and a half late or whatever but uh <laughs> i uh, i was talking to one of my buddies lex um and lex is an ex-professional wrestler and an actor he talks like he's all time and we talk about our marvel projects and, uh, and he just finished watching it. And I could hear his wife in the background saying, this is the show that all women are going to love because she had just finished watching it and connected with it in such an immense way. And, and I totally get that. That's perfect. And it, what I really think is smart about MCU, because finally they're doing a couple of smart things, um, is that they, with these Disney Plus shows, they are 
finding their demographics. Let's let's get each one. Let's target them. Miss Marvel, we're getting a younger age group. Falcon and Winter Soldier, we're getting conspiracy theorists. Loki, we're getting all the Doctor Who fans and the Renfest people. Hawkeye, we're getting all the Renfest people and the motherfuckers who love Christmas music. And this is sort of targeted towards the female audience in a big, bad way. And that's awesome to say that superheroes and this content can be for everyone, you know? So big fan of that. I was going to say, I like how they tied up right off the bat, the first line, which was almost a throwaway. He's like, and that's why my arm is feeling better. (laughs) You know, and he goes, he invented this little thing, which kept his rage down. So he was able to heal, which is Mm -hmm. great. So they fixed that, which ties into the end of Shang-Chi, why he he was able to maintain, why he was a uh, human. he was a human. That we are. We're humans. Um, fix we're, that. We're human. We're not human. human. We're human. You man. Um, <laughs> you. It's human. Humongous and Houston. Uh, that's what the words I was made fun of as a child, and as an adult apparently too. What? What? I don't know. What I'm talking about. Um, and the Sakar. I think the the ship from Sakar. I think ultimately is going to be the thread that leads into World War Hulk. Something's going to happen there that maybe he had a kid. The two years he was up there, he's yeah. gonna get dragged back. Something he's gonna get something's gonna happen there. Rob, I just love watch the YouTube video. I watched three because three YouTube yeah, videos. There's and, no way that you would think that Colt had a kid on Sakar. And, and it's also Sakaar, like what you haven't. Yeah. But it's also he doesn't remember the kid's name. So he's like, is the kid Sakar or Scar or what? So he doesn't want to say it yet. The kids, the kids smoking a cigar. And his name uh, is um, yeah the Hulk Junior. Uh, he gets up with <laughs> um, two things. One, we're both right. One, yes, I watched a couple of YouTube videos, but two, I am I am cognizantly aware of something in casting that may or may not play into that. Uh, okay. Ah, so there. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. If I say any more. Um, Marvel might not hire me to do any more off-camera stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. And God knows my bread and butter. Um, well, well, that looks like a, a promising venture, you know, for the MCU in the future. And I'm also excited to see what She-Hulk leads to and what her specific journey is. But more importantly, Marvel also dropped another television show that will forever change the future of the MCU. Um, on Disney+, Plus five glorious episodes that probably uh, are the most significant things we've seen in canon and that is i am groot uh chad and i watched it i don't know if rob did because he doesn't like you watch two episodes watch the first two this morning yes okay so i'm glad that you spent those four minutes watching have the time (laughs) i I literally i was rushing at the end i watched miss not miss marvel i watched she hulk and i was like i gotta go and i was like oh the i am groot is short let me watch I had 10 minutes. So I watched two in 10 minutes. It was great. All of them are 10 minutes collectively. So you could have watched the whole whole thing. But that's fine. Uh, Chad, you watched all of it. You you understood the assignment. What did you think of I Am Group? I think, you know, uh, with Rob, what he does a lot of times is he'll start something and he'll be like, oh, I only watched the first 30 minutes. I couldn't get into it. So that's what it was. He was watching Groot. He watched like the first 45 seconds. He was like, uh, I, just, uh, I don't, I can't, uh, do it. I can't handle it uh, too much. I don't have the time for this. Yeah. Uh, well, this, that, well this, then, then I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I'm going to block your idea and say, <laughs> I can't wait for this podcast to be over to go watch the next nine minutes of the next. How many episodes are there? Eight, five. six, five. So probably three, three minutes each. So nine minutes 
I can't wait. You know what's kind of weird? Three times. What, there's only yeah, three no, you were right. right. You, yeah, you were right. That's how math works. That's right. Thanks. Um, three, three times. Three, six, nine. Um, that was a little weird. I don't know if this was on your most on Disney Plus on most streaming services. You click on the show and it gives you the episodes listed. It's not like that on my Disney Plus. They're kind of scattered me. all over the goddamn place. Is that is that same yeah. with you? Yeah, same with me. So I yeah, so I it took me longer to find the damn thing than actually to watch. You know, I think the the thing about it is is they're not episodes to them. They are just shorts. Yeah. So that's oh, that's oh, why oh, it's gotcha. the way it is. Makes it's not sense. like a continuation of the next thing. Yeah. They're shorts. I fucking so, loved them. I watched it too. I watched uh, the first one. He wakes up at night and he hears the thing going on. There's the alien on the ship. Okay. Awesome. Watch that one. And then the one that they show a lot in the uh, in the trailer, which was the little alien things. Yep. That they attack him, and then he farts and they, they eat his leaf. That was great. No, that sounded uh, graphic the way you said it, but farts. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, they, they, <laughs> they eat his leaf, and there you go. I thought it was awesome. It looks it looks great. Yeah, it's it looks visually phenomenal. stunning. It was a blast. It was charming. It was entertaining. It was. I love the fact that you always see the ship in the back, so you know. That the guardians are like right around him. He's go. He's having this entire giant world of life going on, and the guardians over there just fucking around, not knowing what's going on with his life. Yeah. I love that tie-in. That was great. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. So screw you. Thank you, Chad. What'd you think? You know how we, the whole thing with the demographic that people are rooting for, you know, going for is like eighteen to thirty-five or eighteen to forty or something like that. Rob is exactly. Older than that and younger than that. He doesn't want. <laughs> loves. I'm. I'm shocked. He loves this kitty thing. He I literally. Like if there's a bell curve, I am the crazy on both sides. Yes. There's you don't like any teenager yet. stuff. You don't like any hip stuff. But you got little Groot running around for five year olds. Yeah. Yeah. You can't wait. I disagree about him not liking hip stuff because he's always like my hip. So there's <laughs> definitely hip stuff he enjoys. I'm breaking hip. I think he hates that too, though. He, yeah. he doesn't I, like. I it. like my. I like Miss Marvel. That's teenage stuff, right? Yeah. I love Miss Marvel, actually. Yeah, 18 to 34. You know, that's, yeah, Miss Marvel. You could get an 18 year old. Eh, you know, it could be a 16 year old that likes that. That's a good point. So I thought this was very kiddie. Like you said, it looks, uh, it looks great. Yeah. You know, I like that. I, the one with Rocket was the one I liked the best. Yeah. Um, the one that I didn't like really was the, the bonsai one, the bonsai tree. Oh, I thought the bonsai one was cute as shit. But that, that's ahead. the first one I watched, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" It, I don't mean to, I don't tough. mean to jump in again. I did see three. He the one with who takes a bath. <laughs> yeah, he took a bath a great, in the mud. That's that was a great one. Very entertaining. It was very funny when he walked up with like the uh, old colonial dress on. You know, I <laughs> yes. thought that was funny. Uh, so cute. yeah, there's funny moments, and you know, it's fine if they bring out more. I'm gonna watch them. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's nothing to you know. Oh gosh, everybody rush out and watch group unless your name's Rod Progo, I guess. You know, I'm gonna watch them over and over again. As you should, because I think they're very entertaining. The thing I like about the most is Groot is the prototype for Grogu, right? He is this cuteness that just delivers and everyone falls in love with instantly. But he's also not a very, the friendliest of trees. Like, he can be a prick, and we sort of enjoy that. Like, he kills an alien and just sends it off into the vastness of space to die and and he's still cute as shit right like oh, yeah. we're still rooting for him the entire time so like in every episode he, he kills something or absolutely someone. think about it he that cuts poor off that bird birds. yeah he does that he steps on the aliens again yeah. accidental yeah. he shoots the alien off into the thing you know the, he's trying to kill the bonsai tree he's yeah. just pissed at that 
Yeah, so, it's more Warner Brothers than it is Disney in the sense that they're fucking everything up. No, it's in the sense that those cartoons are much more, you know, violent than classical Disney. But I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I find it interesting that we it's a good point because I actually let Groot get away with it more than I let Grogu get away with eating the frog eggs. Yeah, because that pissed me off. I kept waiting for them to retract that. Yeah, you know that 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 disturbed me. But the Groot thing, you know, the alien broke into the ship. I just found it very. The alien broke into the ship, was destroying things. Just happened to engage him in a dance off, really, and not uh, not unlike uh, Guardians One. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's like, "Fuck him! I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna tr- I'm gonna trick your ass." That's yeah, what I'm do, by God, he's a smart. I, I respect him. I, he's a smart group. Um, uh, but that's a, and that's another Disney product that I think is absolutely phenomenal. And we're gonna talk about Disney introducing their newest princess in a live action form, uh, Hulu. Uh, premiered their number one film of all time, a Disney-produced sequel to uh, The Predator entitled Prey. Uh, So the film Prey, obviously part of the Predator franchise, made famous by the director of Die Hard, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. This would mark the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh film in the Predator franchise. Um, And some are saying it's one of the best, if not the best. Chad, how did you feel about prey that was very good it's not the best the first predator is the best i love the first predator yeah it, it's amazing without question uh this one's really good though i i thought the lead was awesome she was great i thought the fight scenes were on point those fight scenes oh. were excellent yeah and uh i kind of wish that the male Comanches looked a little more intimidating to go up against the predator. And it could be my, you know, predator bias as far as like Arnold and his guys going up against him. And these people don't even have guns Yeah, and you know, they're, they're hanging with the predator. Now you can make the argument. It's a younger predator or whatever the case may be. Uh, I have no problem with, you know, the lead taking out the predator. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, I dug it. Um, I think though you will probably see a trend with this not just with the predator franchise but other horror movie franchises that they will go to streaming services and you'll see like pinhead in the old west you'll see like gremlins on the mayflower i mean you'll see stuff like that that i feel like if they have those properties they don't know what to do with them well let's just try something like that and make prequels and put it somewhere see what happens because i think by and large this worked i i enjoyed it i think it worked yeah, me too. Rob, what did you feel about Prey? Well, just to piggyback on what Chad said, not only didn't they, didn't they have guns, they didn't have guns. You know this is a Thanks podcast? for tuning into the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Keith, describe what, what's going on here. Describe. Rob is holding up what looks like, have you ever seen the wacky, wavy, inflatable arm? Flailing <laughs> <two> <laughs> it's, a, it's just uh, a sausage <laughs> of an arm he's pointing at. <laughs> I didn't say I had guns. I just say mm-hmm. Um, I, I was very enjoyable. Um, was it the best? No, clearly. The first Predator movie is awesome. Anybody who says this is the best Predator movie is it's got some issues. There's something going on in your this head. This is first, the best Predator movie. Yeah, Go so ahead. I said, yeah, I, as point exactly. Um, the I love the Predator, how visceral he was in this one. I felt that this Predator was on the same journey as our lead actress was, how they were young and they were probably, and I love how he was dropped off and this was probably his journey to prove himself to get, you know, to rise up the ranks of the predators. Um, how, how they, the, their, even their weaponry was hundreds of years, you know, not quite as advanced. 
and he was more hand-to-hand combat viscerally. I love the fact that he looked at that bear. He was like, come on. I was like, it was, I actually like this predator, predator more than the other predators because he just, he was more fucking, let's go. There was just something, there was just something about him that I just, I, I enjoyed more. Um, there was, the only thing that jumped at me and Keith, Keith and I've had this discussion before, clearly I've, I was not back in this time, so I don't know how they spoke, but her, her, she sounded a little anachronistic to me. There was something a little, she had a really good handle on English language and it just kind of rolled off the tongue. And I was like, she could be talking like this in just like a modern rom-com right now. And she sounded, the, the, the warriors, the other Indians sounded a little more authentic. I don't know if that's racist coming from me or not. It is, um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's almost yeah. anyone. Can, you can't say that word. Yeah. So um, she just sounded, it took me out of it at first. I'm like, she just sounds like me right now. Boy, she's talking. Well, so I, I think, used to it. It was fine. I think there's this huge conceit that happens in storytelling when we're meant to understand that whatever we're watching, it, it, it's almost like. Are we supposed to suspend our disbelief? Yeah, exactly. Like it's if I watch Crouchy, oh, forgot about that. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I did eventually. I went, oh, suspension of disbelief. I'm okay. watching. Like, and I loved it. I was like, oh, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, Three Musketeers starring Chris O'Donnell and Charlie Sheen. Well, that's your they're fault. supposed to be speaking French because they're set in France, but it's just being presented to me in English. That's the sort of concept you're supposed to be going with. You know what I mean? That's why you need to have a bad ear like me. It all sounds... Last Samurai is supposed to be entirely in Japanese, but we're hearing it in English because it's a movie. That's the sort of idea there. Everybody speaks English, even the Japanese. Even Star Wars. Even Even Star Star Wars. Wars. It's all over the planet, yes. Whether you're Terran or not, you speak English. It's It's like Star Wars international translator or intergalactic translator in his ear. If that's what this all is supposed to be. I, to me... and I do know that they did shoot an actual version of this in Comanche. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so yes, I get that. Um, literally, I really, I enjoyed, yes, I did. Nah. I, the, 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 the tiger that they were battling early on in the tree, the special lion. effects looked, the lion, see, that's how bad the effects were. I didn't even know what the fuck it was. The, <laughs> giant, the giant Persian cat, I have no idea what the fuck it was. There was something going on. It did look really good to me. So I love again, I, suspension of disbelief. I'm the king, you know. I love the fact that, like, you're like the historical inaccuracy of when they were talking, and then the tiger comes around in Oklahoma. Like it is. Um, that was a terrifying zebra. The native, the Native American tiger going back years. Thank you. Um um, I, I loved it. Look, I, I don't know that it's better than the first one. It's it's probably not, but I think it's... Keith, Keith, right now, tell us you know that it's not better than the first Predator You know, I, I think it's equal as far as... I, I like Ugh. the... Well, here's why. Ugh. I like the fight sequences in this movie better than the first Predator, obviously. Because you're a mental case. But yeah. No, that's that's true. That, the that fight part sequences is... are amazing in this movie. They're great, but are they better? Than the first one? Yes. Because everybody else is just shooting at it. They're actually doing all this activity. And and it's so comparable to the first one because it's the same sort of story. We're just putting it in a different historical setting. And it's still about a person learning how to beat out this monster. Whereas I feel in this one, we also have the added depth of the story of the Predator also trying to figure out how to beat these people right we see him studying other animals in the wild and trying to put all the information together but i think it's like this interesting 
Also, I want to point out, Chad will get, know who this person is. Um, Amber Midthunder, who's the, the lead actress. Yes. Her father is the voice of Nightwolf from the Mortal Kombat movies, which I think is the, the Mortal Kombat video games, which I think is the coolest shit I've ever heard in my life. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love the fact that it went so far as to have realistic aspects where they're speaking the language of the people. They also use hand talk, which was at a, a point in history more common in America than English was. Um, and so that's awesome. Some of those historical accuracies are great, but I also feel it's great that it's bringing a highlight to this tribe of people. But at the same time, it shows that there's more progress to be made because it calls the dub a Comanche dub, but it only calls that that because that's what most people think the word is when the word is not that the Comanche is a name that white people gave that tribe and it means enemy or stranger, but they're actually called the Nermina, right? That's their name for themselves. So in the same way that the predator isn't actually called the predator, it's called like a Yowlin or something like that. It has its own name as well. So, I think it's great that we have representation happening and being in the spotlight, but it also shows us we need to go a little bit further, you know, still to appreciate stuff. But that being said, the tie-ins to Predator 2 lost my shit when I saw the gun. That was awesome as fuck. The post-credit scene of the ships, that's cool as shit. I'm here for that. Um, I kind of hope they don't do a sequel to it and they leave it stand as a one and done, right? Um because I just think there's something so epic about this movie. And it was such a good, fun, invigorating watch where it captured some of the lightning that the first one had. Because you watch the first Predator, and it's not until, you know, three quarters of the way through the movie you, or maybe halfway through that you realize, oh, this is an alien movie. This is something completely different. And this one has that same sort of, it's like 25 minutes, 30 minutes in. The opening shot of Predator is the alien spacecraft. Oh, I guess you're right. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you're right. But the military stuff, that takes over the primary story. Definitely. You might forget. Yeah, like I, yeah I definitely go with that. But Yeah, and even this one, beginning. same thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, but I, I love that. I, I couldn't get enough of it. I, I've watched it, I think, three times now. So I, I, I really dug this movie a lot. I want to apologize to the audience for having to listen to Keith try to make this podcast more intelligent. Uh, I know our audience. Yeah, right? We're sorry about the big words and the history lesson. I know, uh, you know, you didn't come in to, to expand your brain power. You know, Keith was talking earlier about the YouTube where you can see what's next and jump to a different chapter. They all just jump to whatever we're talking about. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's, yeah, whatever. Uh, I'm not talking about uh, uh, Welcome That's to so Keith's diatribe. Um, yeah, so I, I thought that was awesome. And I love that, you know, these horror movies are taking a new turn on these different genres. Like this next film, uh, which is a Netflix film that Chad saw. I saw the first 30 minutes. I pulled a Rob, but I'm going to finish watching it later. And that is the Jamie Foxx starring vehicle Day Shift, which is about a vampire hunter. Um, shot here in Atlanta. Uh, Chad, what did you think about Day Shift? I thought this was fun. I thought it was funny. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember exactly how far 30 minutes as far as what's going on, but I thought Dave Franco was so funny. He's like the inept guy who is, he, he knows all the book smarts, but he's never been in the field. Yeah. You know, and you've seen that a hundred times in movies and he, but he plays it so well. He is so funny. I think the fight choreography in this is amazing. You know, it, it seems like a, the vampires in this movie, they're, they're all uh, 
Contortionists. Contortionists. I was going to say ventriloquists, and I was like, that's not the word. They're all contortionists. That would be terrifying, though. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I thought it was great. You got Snoop Dogg. Uh, I texted Rob to check it out because uh, he and I both are big fans of the Santa Clarita Diet on yeah. Netflix. And that's the vibes I was getting from this was, you know, instead of zombies, vampires, of course, yeah. to the point to where, uh, you know, I hope we get, I hope this is like the start of a franchise. I would love to see a sequel to this. Let's keep it going. It's, you know, it's a little John Wick where there's like a union of vampire hunters, not assassins, but, va- and so I, I like that. It's a whole world that they built out pretty seamlessly, I think, in this movie that you can just, you know, you could set one in Paris if you wanted to, wherever, and it just works fine even if Jamie Foxx doesn't come back, but like I said, I'd love for Jamie Foxx to come back and they just, they just, they do another one of these. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm only 30 minutes in, so I've just got to the place where they've gotten to the union. Um, And so far I agree. The, The fight sequence at the beginning is phenomenal. It's so fun to watch. Megan good is the most gorgeous human on the face of the earth. And it owes a lot to Men in Black. And I found that I love any movie that plays with that authorities over something preacher or supernatural, right? Like Blade, you know, anything like that. Uh, R.I.P.D., which sucked, but I liked it. Uh, the Whatever the Will Smith one was. Uh, what was that movie called? Bright? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But but I really like this a lot. And, and Jamie Foxx is just compelling and fun and Snoop Dogg always looks high and I like that too so um yeah so I'm here for it uh, I can't wait to finish you know this bullshit call and go watch more of that um but then there's something else I watched that Chad watched last time uh and that is Jordan Peele's newest film Nope God, uh, I gotta see that damn it yeah and I don't want to do any spoilers because Rob hasn't seen it yet but uh Chad was talking about how he hates this movie and everything Jordan Peele does <laughs> uh Chad ranked it at number three uh of his and his ranking was us get out nope I think mine is nope us get out um because I feel this one has so many compelling conversations happening whether it be about exploitation whether it be about animal rights or the film industry this movie has a shit ton to say about the film industry and the types of people that gravitate towards it and Daniel Kaluuya's character is so soft-spoken cowboy like it's a western meets Jaws it is more Jaws than anything else like shots directly from Jaws Um, and the character of Jean Jacket Wow, like I did not expect what that became, and it's great. You are absolutely right about Stephen Yun's younger version of himself being spot on. I've never heard a movie praise Chris Kattan as much as this one does. <laughs> um, and I don't even think, I don't think the movie is about what people think it's about. the The beginning quote of the movie makes me think that the answer is more biblical than what uh, do, you, do you want me to take the cans off? Yeah, you take, that, take the cans off for two seconds. I'll, yeah. I'll signal you when to come back up. I think it's a fucking angel. I think it's not wow. an alien, but it's an angel because the, when it unfolds itself, it looks more like the classic interpretation. And there's all of those ideas about the hierarchy and about things controlling the primates or whatever beneath them. The, the first 
you know, thing we see is a Bible quote about spitting our vial forth upon the earth. And that's what it does. Right. And so right. I, I think it's an angel and it's a ballsy ass story. And I love it. I love it immensely. So, well, you know, I was going to say with um, you talking about the Chris Catan thing and there, you know, I know you're saying that jokingly. I loved when Stephen Young was talking about that because he lived it but he couldn't talk about it. Yeah. He wasn't talking about what happened and what he lived through. He was seeing it through watching it on a TV show of them, a skit of it. Yeah. I thought that was so awesome. I love that. But I also so think awesome. that goes that back so to clever. the metaphor of not looking it in the eye. You know what I mean? If you look it in the eye, it becomes a threat. And that's exactly what his character is doing. He's looking at his own experiences through the spectacle of something else. Right. And, and I think that's, one of the big messages behind it and why I think it's so, but his speech, regardless of if I'm making fun of the guy who played mango or not is, or papaya, whatever the fuck that character's name was. He was so, it was so beautiful the way he delivered that speech and what a weird ass character. What a weird ass setup. All of that. I just, yeah. I adored it. I thought it was great. Um, I don't know how we signal Rob to come back in. Let's, <laughs> exactly just start waving yeah you're good yeah yeah, yeah it totally worked yeah um and how long is it gonna take before he unmutes himself yeah, exactly well, I can't even put the headphones he is, on. He is, oh my gosh yes you're muted rob so i know um <laughs> There's um, no Rob said, hey, I'll just I'll just watch and you signal signal me and he immediately just starts looking down at his phone. <laughs> yeah, just, Forever. He turned his computer <laughs> off, walked away. Um, but next up, uh, we're also going to talk about another ferocious thing. Uh, Rob watched The Bear. Oh, so good. I don't know if you finished all of it or how far you in, are into it, but tell us yeah. about The Bear. Uh, I've been hearing about this show for a while. It's on Hulu. Uh Right now, and I think it may have been one of those FX produced shows. I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Um, a show about a guy who's Chicago born and bred, um, left town to go study uh, at uh, the culinary arts at some of the greatest places in the world and wound up running what was considered in the show to be the most famous restaurant in the United States. Uh, has a family tragedy, comes back to Chicago to take over the family restaurant. And the shit hits the, the beginning of this show. I feel like you're shot out of a cannon. It's like, I felt like at, at times it was like a war movie in this kitchen. Uh, there, again, I don't, I make cereal, I'm not a cook, but the reviews I read just from people in the, in the, in the culinary industry say it's the most authentic show ever shot, a narrative about cooking. The actors are phenomenal. This lead actor, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, just so reminiscent. Somebody said he was in Shameless. I've never seen the show Shameless. Yeah. Um, very reminiscent of a young Pacino. Um, uh, Adrian, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's, what's the actor who won the Academy Award for the piano? Uh, Adrian uh, Brody. Brody, the pianist. I'm sorry, not the piano. Adrian Brody. Very reminiscent of two of them sort of across. Talk about visceral. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal show. It's not long. It's eight episodes, only a half hour each at, on the average. I highly recommend the show. I wanted to kind of do a search to see if it had been greenlit for a second season. I don't know how it's been received. But it is phenomenal. I do, um, and it is littered with guest starring uh, well-known actors who we all love. I don't want to spoil oh, that right now. So check out the Bear on Hulu if you can find it. It's dynamite. 
Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, you've been yelling at me to watch it all week, but instead, uh, I watched other things. Uh, Chad and I both watched a new horror film on Peacock starring Kevin Bacon entitled They, Them. Now, this film is about a uh, conversion camp targeted towards uh, the LGBTQ community um, that tries to, in unethical methodology convert people from their sexuality chad what did you think about this film that also starred atlanta native actor mark ashworth Woo! yeah so i think that you missed the title a little bit and rob's going to appreciate this but the title of the movie is they slashed them oh yeah i didn't oh. even think about that yeah wow god damn that is clever very yeah. clever you know as far as that goes it's more that clever said, than a movie. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that being said, uh, we are white cis males, all three of us. Yeah. It's not like that this movie is necessarily for us or our opinion even matters to a degree. It matters in the sense if we like it or not. But so I, I'm going to tread lightly when I talk about this because I was not really a fan of this. It has, it has nothing to do with the fact of that it was about the LGBTQ community. It was just not a great movie. Yeah. You know, the, the kills were not inventive or, or great. I felt like that the, the, the killer was obvious. It, it seemed like it was to me a whodunit. And uh, it was like that, that person done it that the whole time, like that, who else would it be? Yeah. It, if it's anybody else, it, it would just be like stupid or, you know, like, I'm going to spoil it, Rob, because yeah, I don't know if you're going to watch it, but That's you know, right. it's not Kevin Bacon, but it'd be obvious if it was Kevin Bacon, because it's clearly not going to be Kevin Bacon. So who else is it going to be? So it's just obvious. Uh, what I would be curious about, though, honestly, is what the LGBTQ community thinks about this movie. Yeah, same here. If it if if, if they think it's like an anthem, because there was an anthem during the movie. Pink, yeah. That I think was uh, you know powerful, and it could be powerful for, for them, but uh, I just don't know because, you know, with the killer being a part of the community, you know, I, you know, I just, I, I would just be curious what they think, but I was not a fan of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the same, uh, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I loved the premise of the film. I love the idea of the film and I love moments of the film, but I think overall it could have used another draft or two to try to find some ways to deliver more on the promises of the film and be more creative, but it feels like it was a churned out film kind of quickly. I think um, the beginning with Kevin Bacon is great. The, the, the twist on the expectation is great. And then it just instantly falls into exactly what your expectations are going to be. Right. And there's some, I love, love when they all start singing the little musical number. I thought that was great. The sex scene I thought was really clever of them both looking at their phones while they're having sex. I thought that was awesome. The the dude that is the plant like uh, amongst the kids. I thought that was weird. Jennifer Connelly at first, and it totally not that that was unpredictable or anything like that, but. That guy's great and has a presence to him that's very disconcerting to begin with. But the biggest thing is that girl, the counselor, the, the, the nurse, is the chick from my girl. Right. All grown up. That's insane yeah. to me. You uh, haven't seen her in 
stuff like because she was like in Veep. Yeah, she's I been in it. like she's been in like several other things, but yeah, but I, yes, that's who I, it was. I just fell in love with her during My Girl, so it was awesome to see. There her. was a local film here years ago before she kind of had a renaissance. A uh, local film called Blood Car. Yeah, she, she was in Blood Car. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, like I, I think this movie was. I mean, it's a slasher flick. It, it doesn't live up to the expectations. If A twenty four would have done it, wow. But but it's Blumhouse, so you know whatever. Did that? Uh, yeah, come on now. <laughs> so uh, cut that part out about the Blumhouse thing, okay? <laughs> leave leave the uh, thing in when Rob said the racial slur about the Native yeah, Americans, but definitely. cut out the Blumhouse. Thing. Oh, there were probably other racial slurs I dropped too. You <laughs> probably probably a ton of them. But now, um, talking on, I'm just a crazy old juicy <laughs> over here. Moving um, on to our next film, uh, this is another big one because we cover the big films here, guys. Disney released the next part of their epic saga, and that is Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation. Uh, Chad and I watched this. I am so far behind on the Lego movies. God almighty. I've never seen any of them. They're great. They're fucking phenomenal. I know. know. It's not even like I don't want to watch them. I just, they've slipped through the cracks. These Star Wars ones are seemingly just anthology stories, but I want to say before Chad dives off into his diatribe about the historical accuracies of it, that, (laughs) uh, Ross Marquand's Harrison Ford is so fucking good that I thought it was really Harrison Ford because it was so solid. Anyway, go ahead, Chad. What'd you think? Let me ask you a question. Uh, so are you guys friends with that Ross guy or I don't know, Atlanta you ever- actor? I, I've met him. No, no, he's LA, but I mean, he was he on the- Walking Dead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's after me, but we met at a convention. Nice guy. Okay. I, was, I just, I don't remember thinking that. that that's all I was going to say. Oh my you know. God, Ross. <laughs> Did you hear this, Ross? <laughs> yeah. Dropping my DMs, Ross. We'll go at it, okay? Like, <laughs> you're no Harrison Ford, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, You know, these are fine. These are cute. It's kind of like the Groot stuff. Yeah. Uh, this one is probably, if we're ranking the three Star Wars Legos, this is in the middle. Like, I... I I didn't really like the Halloween one. I felt I felt. Oh, I, felt I love rushed. the Halloween one. I love oh. the holiday special one. I thought that was great, especially yeah. playing off the holiday special, um, the original holiday special. This one felt more in the middle. Um, I'd really like the Emperor Palpatine, uh, Darth Vader one. I thought that was very funny. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just I think I'm not saying the guy sounds like Palpatine, but he is a great Palpatine. He sounds <laughs> awesome. He's so funny. So I dig that. And I Rob, I know you. Stuff. Yeah, me too. Rob, I know you're confused. Palpatine and Darth Vader go to a beach and get involved in a beach summer competition because they want to be the rulers of the beach. It's so stupid, but fun. Just, just talking and Star Rob, Wars. I know you're confused. Me, it's giving me palpitations. Yeah, I know you're confused, Rob. But uh, Palpatine is like the emperor from yeah. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. He's like the main bad guy. Oh, and Darth Vader is Luke's father. So yeah, yeah. Darth Vader is the guy who likes to start fires. Uh, to scare people, and then when somebody else starts a fire, he runs. He's because he's scared of fire. Because he's really Frankenstein. I learned. Okay, gotcha. I'm good. Gotcha. I got awesome. that, it's that guy. You're right. I got him. Yes, I got, I got him. I got the dark. Look, I, I agree. I like the. I, I think for me, ranking it's holiday Halloween. This one, but I will say that the Lego Star Wars movies have more balls than J.J. Abrams does because. They're like a lot of implications from this one because Obi-Wan, when he shows up, he's like, 
I've come to help a young Jedi. And he's talking to Finn. So he's telling him you're a fucking yeah, Jedi. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I thought that too. I was like, oh man, yeah, they're just going, they're just doing it. Yeah, and, and, and kept happening even when Anakin shows up. And I love the moment where like Leia shows up and and then her son's there with her. Like that's, oh, that was beautiful. I'm like, these are fucking Legos. Why do I have the feels right now? Um, yeah, I, if you're a Star Wars fan, you should totally, just because it's filled with so many, I think the Lego movies in general can do these great little homage moments that other movies can't, whether it be the Batman Lego movie or the Star Wars things. I, I dug the shit out of this. I thought it was fantastic. Um magical it's, it's it's dreams come true one would say but speaking of dreams let's talk about the newest netflix show that really is about dreams coming true it is 10 episodes i watched all 10 i think chad watched the first three and it is neil gaiman's sandman uh rob watched an asshole i think is what he's showing us yep cool um so we'll talk about rob's hershey highway momentarily but <laughs> The Sandman, starring Gwendolyn Christie, Stephen Fry, um, a lot of great actors uh, in this. Chad, what did you think about the first three episodes of Sandman? You know, I'm a little bit familiar with this in the fact that a long time ago, I read like the first two omnibus volumes oh, yeah. of this. Yeah. But I don't remember a lot what I what I read. You know, it's a long time ago. Um. I felt like this looks a lot like it though. The first yeah. three episodes, uh, Sandman, you know, he looks like Sandman from the comic. The helm looks awesome. Yeah. I really dug the first episode. Um, and it, I thought it was a, you know, great choice just to have him captured the entire episode. Yeah. And, and really you're just setting up things with that. And then when he gets out, I'm like, all right, let's, let's get to like the trailer stuff that I've seen. Some of this awesome huge world that we're seeing and we get some of that he goes back you know or whatever but i felt like it was kind of treading water look at that you i know this is an audio format but rob just lifted a puppy and the puppy it looks like he's ready to answer some questions but that's fine. <laughs> this, is, this is stash he's now one year old this week and he's a lunatic yeah he looks yeah. like it Say everybody say hello. This is Keith. This is Chad. What do you think, buddy? What do you think of Sandman? I feel like that's good. That's what Sandman would want you to do. Absolutely. That's his whole deal. Let me ask you: Do they do they actually play Enter the Sandman by Metallica on this show? No, not in the first three episodes. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. Not in any of the episodes. But go ahead, Chad, before you were so rudely interrupted by a dog. Don't you dare. Stashi interrupts. I would, I would never. I would never presume to say something like that. Um, but so I felt like it was treading water. Like a couple of those because I'm like, get to it. Uh, let's get to the cool stuff. I want to see Gwendolyn Christie, things like that. Yeah. Um, but it's enough to where I'm intrigued enough to keep going. I, it, I haven't only seen three episodes because I'm just like, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm not going to watch anymore. It's just, there's a thousands of things to watch or whatever. So I've watched the first three. I am going to keep going. Uh, I enjoyed it to a point and I'm intrigued to keep going. Yeah. I think to me, you know, the, the original Neil Gaiman comic book series is beloved and considered one of the greatest works of fiction, even outside of comic books. Um, and it is, it's deserving. This is a beautiful storyline with 
amazing concepts and creativity. And Gaiman really finds a way to make his own corner of the DC universe. Um, in this, they sort of separate themselves a little bit from the DC universe. And originally, the character of John D was supposed to be Dr. Destiny, but it's now separate from that. But that actor is fucking phenomenal as John D. He's doing an amazing job. And later on, you'll get some like little hints that uh, Captain Cold shows up and, and Batman shows up for a second. And like you see like little elements of these characters, just like little homages, even to the degree where you get the original comic book Sandman superhero, kind of. All of this is kind of um, to show that they are playing in the same world. But that's pretty cool. Yeah. The thing I like about it, I, I think the first three episodes are the more difficult to get through because you start off with inertia. He's trapped the entire episode not doing anything in the first episode. And the second two episodes, you're sort of just dipping your toes into what this world is. And, and even by the 10th episode, you've only started to see how big of a scope this is. We don't even meet all the siblings. We meet a couple of them, not all of them. But the thing I loved was that the show can be so different from episode to episode that it does capture the great qualities of that monster freak of the week sort of notion in the sense that the, the episode, The Sound of Her Wings, which has always been one of my favorite comic books, is freeform almost. It's like one long ass conversation between two amazing actors. And it's just beautiful and brilliant and heart-wrenching to watch. I found myself just so excited to see where they went next with every single episode. I hope it gets a season two. I think it's probably, I put it on par with Watchmen, the te television show, as just like a really fucking great world and way to present this. Obviously, they, they changed some things from the comics. But I, I loved Joanna Constantine. That was great. That was cool to see that. Um, yeah, is Constantine any relation to John Constantine? That, so in the comics, that is John. They've just that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So in, in the comics, there was a Joanna Constantine that was an ancestor, and we meet her in in the thing. And this one is just a placeholder for John, um, and so they both have the same name. Uh, gotcha. But yeah, and I think that's probably done just to separate it from whatever else DC decides to do. Cause it's also that Lucifer is supposed to be the Lucifer from the show, but you know, they, you know, changed it up. Oh, so okay. um, is it, is it, let me ask you just this as, because I'm not interested in watching it and I am a, a fan of comic book TV shows and movies. Is there a flaw in the marketing with Netflix? Is there, cause it feels so bleak and just so drab. And I'll, and I'll be honest, I did, I, I turned it on and I watched the first five minutes of the first episode and that opening monologue went on and on not even making a joke like it put me to sleep he just droned on yeah. and on and i was like this is what i i fear the whole show is just this self just uh, self-reverential just moody bleak i i i i'm trying to it, what the fuck is it yeah it is i mean it is moody if you don't like 
libraries, dragons, and tea, you're not going to like this show. Like, it is that sort of flavor, right? It's just, I remind me like those people in, in school, like, they're just so angst-ridden, and they're just so, and you're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's have just- you... If you've looked at a picture of the Sandman from the comics, you're like, oh, that's a cure song come to life. <laughs> and that's exactly yeah. what this is. But but that's the thing about it is it's darkness with a little bit of like the Sandman character is the character who's like, love will save us all in the end. Like he's that bullshit. And so that's there. But it is that dark Renaissance fair loving mythical world that you sort of have to get into. I don't see you liking this because it is whimsical and... <laughs> Not not whimsical in the happy way, but whimsical as in the more fantastic in the bleak way. Yeah, okay. like a fantastical sort of world. You know what I mean? Like it's Game of Thrones, but everybody reads poetry. Like that's what <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's oh, pretty Christ. good. <laughs> so that's uh. you know. Uh so but I, I love it. Um and so there's some of the things that we saw. Let's talk about one thing coming up. Uh so let's go to these trailers. Uh, so this creepy and kooky a little spooky trailer is the only trailer that we're going to be reviewing this week and that is for a netflix tv series uh created and produced by tim burton starring jenna ortega as wednesday adams christina ritchie as an undisclosed character Catherine zeta jones as morticia adams louise guzman as gomez adams jamie mcshane emma myers joy sunday Gwendolyn Christie as Larissa Weems, Ricky Lineholm, Percy Hypes White, Thora Birch, Hunter Duhan, Georgie Farmer, Oliver Watson, Jonna Diaz Watson, Musa Mustafa, Tommy Earl Jenkins, and Naomi Ogawa. And that is Wednesday. Um, so the show on Netflix follows Wednesday Adams's years as a student when she attempts to master her emerging psychic ability, thwart and solve the mystery that embroiled her parents. Uh, Chad, what did you think about the trailer for Wednesday? Uh, to me, it looked fun. Um, the beginning almost looked like a straight up horror. Yeah. With her right, putting the bronze so in there. Good. Yeah. And so the blood in the water. That was kind of shocking to me, actually. Uh, yeah. You know, um, but like in a good way. Um, I'm a huge fan. I've said this before of Jenna Ortega. I yeah. think she is a modern day screen queen with all of the stuff that she's in scream babysitter to this. Um, she is in horror movies. She's, she's almost, she's an ex. She's like horror movie royalty almost. And she's, I don't know how old she is. So yeah. I'm a big fan of hers. And then now she's taking on this iconic character. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I, I know it's a show and I don't like, Oh, I got to add another show, but I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this one. I really am. Uh, I like Catherine uh, Zeta-Jones as Morticia. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm feeling Louis Guzman as Gomez. So excited. Oh, but, I mean, you know, we'll see. I'm reserving judgment on that. But um, I'm looking forward to this. I really am. Like, I, yeah, I'm yeah. like, let's watch it. Let's go. I'm, I know. I'm, I know Chad is worried about other series because I texted him to watch The Bear. He texted me back. I can't take on another series. I just can't, Rob. And can't, Rob was in caps. He was really, I felt bad. I even asked him to watch it. He was like, oh, well. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do yeah. it. No. I mean, that's literally, Game of Thrones is about to start. 
and Lord of the Rings on top of that. I've got to watch those. And She-Hulk. And yeah, Rob texted me the other day and he's like, hey, can you film an audition for me and my dad and you need to watch an episode of Bear? And I'm like, you're asking too much already. <laughs> Pick two of those. <laughs> watch, watch the Bear fuck our auditions. That's it. Yeah. So Rob, what did you think about the uh, trailer for Wednesday? I thought it looked great. I thought it looked like a lot of, like you said, right off the top. I'm like, okay, what's the tone of this going to be? Is this, yeah. this going to be straight up hard? And I love the way it was shot. I love the colors. At Tim Burton. I mean, he, yeah. he creates a beautiful... A beautiful tapestry um and then it was just fun I, I just thought it was a lot of fun it was uh, the fact that they killed people right off the bat i was just yeah. i just like yeah you need it to go i it, it looks good yeah i wasn't sure i like i like louis guzman i think he's a great actor i don't know if he's gomez adams i you know yeah. it's gomez adams has always been sort of a i, I get it obviously this is a you, you, it's a nice 180 going other direction but yeah he wouldn't have been my first choice for gomez adams that's interesting uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what he does with it because I just think he's so fun to watch and I don't think he's had the opportunity to play a character like this. So to see him try to be the bigger-than-life romantic, oh, I'm so excited about it. I mean, the, if you couldn't get Javier Bardem, I guess, okay. Uh, um, the, the thing that gives me pause, and this looks phenomenal, but it's that she goes to this school that feels more Miss Peregrine's school for gifted children or whatever, and the thing that always worked about the Adams family is the contrast between them being so peculiar versus everyone else. Like that's the strong suit of these stories. So when you throw Wednesday into the X-Men mansion, what's going to happen? Like, does she lose? Cause we don't have that contrast anymore. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, I think that puts more impetus on the story to be really solid, to get us through it. So, I don't know. I'll see where it goes because I'm I'm a sucker for this. I can't wait to watch this and the monsters. We're really going to have a good double feature. Um, yeah. So um, thank God there are no other monster families they can bring back. Uh, yeah. No. I'm 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 here for it. Uh, yeah. I can't wait. But uh, before we close out the show, we do need to talk about a few passings. Um, a little bit of a memoriam. We have three passings to discuss. Uh, first of all, uh, Olivia Newton John legendary singer and performer my dad always had the hots for her so we had olivia newton john cds and records and posters wow. everywhere around the house so i always grew up with her being a constant presence um secondly wolfgang peterson passed yeah. away one of a, a filmmaker that really impacted my life never-ending story by itself oh my god what what a movie that you know formulated my awesome. thought process um and then thirdly Anne hesh the, yeah, wow. the wow. circumstances surrounding her death are tragic. Everything about it is tragic. Um, and, and it's sort of shocking that it unfurled that way. But she was a person that was very loved, had an amazing body of work. Regardless of the demons that she faced, she was a humanitarian. And, and you know, we hate to see this happen to anyone. So our thoughts go out to those three um, and their families. So uh, you guys got anything else you want to say? I just remember I was living in LA. I was working, not the high point of my life. I was working at the coffee bean and tea leaf in Malibu mm -hmm. on a really crazy ass shift. I was probably two months away from moving back here and the lines were long. And I was like, oh my God, I'm 30 years old or so. And I'm working at the coffee bean and tea leaf in Malibu. And it was one of these days, it was just miserable. And I was waiting on these people and some lady leaned over to pay me with a check and she was very sweet. She was very quiet. 
And I looked down at the check and it said Olivia Newton-John. And I looked up and she looked at me and it was Olivia Newton-John. She just smiled at me and I went, wow, that was cool. And she was just, just her smile alone made my day. She, wow. it, was, it was just one of those moments. Yeah, it was awesome. So that's my, it's my little coffee bean and tea leaf uh, remembrance of the day. Olivia yeah. Thank you, Olivia. <laughs> Breeze the corner with Rob Brogo. That's right. We'll, we'll have a memory every week from now on. <laughs> tea leaf. Sam and I worked there so long, we could have one every week for quite a while. Yeah, because you <laughs> told me a few. I don't know if you, you want to tell them here for the whole world to hear. But. <laughs> I know. And he says it's like not the highlight of his life, but those are the best stories. <laughs> those, they, those are, yeah. This, this whole uh, show is ironic. It's this, those were the highlight of my life. That's right. Um, anyway. so, so yeah, that's all we got for this week. Chad, uh, where can the people find you? Find me on Twitter, Chad one, two, nine X. They can find the podcast NQC podcast on Twitter. Awesome. And Rob, where can the people find you? Twitter at Rob Pralgo or on Facebook at Robert Pralgo and places. Yeah. There. If you're a Marietta, come to the artisan resource center. I'm in sweet a one. Hey, I don't care. I mean, I he's not, care. he's not there right now. Whoa. Wait till he's there. Um, yeah, yeah. Wait outside. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and like if, the Thor tickets. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to find Camp, me, camp it out. Guys. If you want to find me, you can look on Twitter under Robert Prago or Facebook <laughs> at Robert Prago. Um, next week or next time we're back, we'll be back with another episode of She Hulk. I'll have seen Bullet Train and DC Super Pets, uh, probably Lord of the Rings, House of Dragons. What the fuck else is going on? Hamster and Gretel, some Disney Plus show. Uh, there's When's a lot. Andor dropping? I think that's some point soon. Oh so. god, that's right at the end. It's that's it's 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 still it's not soon because it's it's going to overlap right? a little bit over oh, okay. She-Hulk. Well, it overlaps we, a little bit. We probably need to like stop doing this podcast so that we can watch all this stuff. Well, ridiculous. It's, I don't mean like stop at this moment. Like never do the podcast again. Ever. There's too much stuff to do. To I agree watch. completely. Well, I gotta plus, say, I, I gotta say, I was a little disturbed a few moments ago uh, when Keith said he could be found uh, under Robert. That was a little disturbing. And with that note, uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs> Not quite cool is a podcast. Recorded in Atlanta, Georgia, in conjunction with Actors Teaching Actors and Bean Dip Productions. Thanks.